You know those tarot readings where you're like in a car? You're in a car getting a tarot reading and your tarot reader has this really crustified voice from like allergies and breathing wood stove smoke or, you know, it's hard to tell. No, you don't really know what that's like because that's not how people present tarot readings, is it? But today, that's exactly what you're going to get from me. I'm T, Tiffany Lee Brown. I am your friendly, local and or internet-based tarot reader or tarot, either way works, astrologer. I am the artist behind the initiation of burning tarot, which is currently being manifested, being manifest as a podcast. But prior to this, it existed as an art project and a Burning Man thing and some workshops and whatever. And actually, you know what? It's 2003. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm really out of it and tired, but it's not actually 2003. 2003 is, I think, the year when Burning Tarot started. So, we're in 2023 now. That means, you guys, wow, it's the 20th anniversary of Burning Tarot. To that, I'm going to munch on a little piece of truffle chocolate. That's my celebration. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Ah. Yeah, 20 years of this craziness. And what we usually do on the podcast is we draw a card and we wander around in the woods or some other charmingly nature-filled spot so that you guys get a chance to... um you know, have an audio nature walk with me. And sometimes we stay indoors because it's so cold and that horrible Arctic wind goes right into my microphone. <clears throat> that would be today. You're even going to have to wait while I sip coffee. So we're in Central Oregon, USA. And... um and we really are in a, well, it's not even a car. It's a giant SUV. It's a tow vehicle. And um, we're overlooking this park. So there's some dogs. And we've got, um, this is the high desert. Usually we're wandering around in the pines, which are very, very close to the high desert. But they're at the, you know, they're at the foothills of the mountains, the Cascade Mountains. <coughs> and... Once we get out here into the high desert, it's just a whole different ecosystem. It's not even a different microclimate, you know, it's a, it's almost a macroclimate difference. So we've got sagebrush out here and other brushy stuff, um, rabbit brush and lots of junipers. And um, somebody has planted some deciduous trees and this time of year they do not have any leaves on them so that's where we're hanging out it's not like full-on wildness but you know nature is everywhere and this is kind of an important thing to keep in mind <coughs> yep nature is in my throat making me cough <laughs> and um so if you are in the city, nature is popping up through the cracks in the sidewalks all the time. Some people call those volunteers. 
when like a cool little flower grows up in the cracks where it's not supposed to grow, theoretically. Uh, Nature refuses not to grow, even in some of the most inhospitable places. Like, um, you go to a, an area with a, you know, really severe, hot wildfire. And people will tell you this area is dead. The soil's dead. There's, there's a bunch of this very close to where we usually do burning tarot and where I live. But wandering around up there, which, you know, you're not supposed to do and it's dangerous and a tree could fall on you or whatever. So far that hasn't happened to me. You know, right after the Millie fire, I saw amazing things just barely beginning to grow out of these feet of dead ash that had once been soil. So nature is everywhere. We hold it within us. We are nature, right? How did how else did we come to be the magic that is um Male plus female equals baby. <laughs> if you're wondering about the utility of gender in a sort of post-gendery kind of world, that's the utility of it. And that's why it's the primary metaphor of Western magic is A plus B equals C. Add this kind of thing to that kind of thing and a whole brand new other kind of thing results so if you're looking for the philosopher's stone, that's it right there. That's, we can make stuff. <laughs> we can make babies. We can procreate our human species, but we can also watch how nature does it. And it's not always, you know, male, female, baby, right? It's hermaphroditic animals. It's uh, rhizomatic plants, and um, I don't know how to say the word, mycosoric, <laughs> whatever, fungal, fungal. They're not even plants. They're just weird fungus things that grow up out of these huge interconnected mats. And all of that is happening in the soil underneath the layers of asphalt and things. Can't keep nature down. Nature is here. We are of nature. And some of our listeners have chronic illnesses or temporary um, injuries. And so I want to acknowledge that when we're talking about connecting with earth, connecting with nature, doing our best to be in nature, you might not have that uh, accessibility, availability, ability to just be like, okay, I'm going to go wander around in the woods right now. There may not be any woods where you are. And if there is a woods there, you know, your wheelchair might not be able to go on it. I want to acknowledge that everybody in that situation can also connect with nature. Uh, I often recommend asking somebody to bring you uh, items from nature somewhere nearby or from far away. You know, I've been known to prepare nature magic boxes for people and send it to them which is um, just a fun, magical gift. And so if you're bedridden, for example, you could have in your hands a box with stones and leaves and little funny spiky seeds and pine cones. And these connect you with nature as well. 
you know, from the comfort of your own bed or the necessity of your own bed. And some people find it rewarding to listen to a podcast where somebody's taking you on a nature walk or watch some kind of nature video, look at pictures. All of these things are evocative. I would say go to poetry, you know, go back to the romantics, but, you know, more modern poetry as well. Um, That awareness of the passing of seasons, the passing of time, that really comes through with poetry. And that's one of the biggest kind of mm, sensory lessons we get from nature is that we're part of this, this spinning wheel and we can't stop it. We don't want to stop it, but we like to acknowledge it and, and see where we are in, in the wheel of the year and in the, the wheel of our lives. We're going to be born, stuff's going to happen to us, and then we're going to die. We really don't know a heck of a lot else about what's going on in our world and what we might end up doing in it. Everything else is kind of a supposition. Um, but those things are, are, you know, should we say guaranteed? They're quite, quite, quite likely. And that puts us in line with nature, right? That's nature's whole gig. Growing, creating. More new growth. And then death. Death is part of the deal. Within our lifetimes, we might have these phases where we feel a little bit dead or deadened in some ways. We're slowed down or we're overwhelmed. And there can be kind of a deadening of some aspect of ourselves. And that can be appropriate where one part of ourselves kind of goes to sleep for a while and some other part takes over. What's nice to know is that that's nature too. And some of those parts will wake back up later. And everybody's on their own timeline. Here in Central Oregon, if we're going to look at the season version of a timeline, you know, it's bleak, you guys. The, the spring is really hard here. Because you're you know, the sun is out more. You get that feeling of like, ah, you know, here comes summer, here's spring. You know, sometimes you get those sunny days. But there's still a freezing cold wind. It still freezes overnight. It might dump a bunch of snow. It might dump a bunch of rain. And the, the growth that's happening with the plants tends to be very subtle. A teeny tiny bud is emerging, or under the snow is a little red leaf, you know, half the size of your pinky fingernail. I ran into a friend this morning here in Bend, and she's from the UK originally, and she was laughing about all that, and she was saying she talked to her mom on the phone uh, this morning. And so her mom is in England and was describing how everything is green and the daffodils are blooming. And we just laughed and laughed because we're like, she's like, we've still got eight weeks before that. And I said, yeah, and here in eight weeks, we're still not really going to have that in most places. You know, it's not a lush and exuberant looking spring. 
But that's fine. That's just that's just the high desert or the pine forest over here. That's how it rolls, you know? And just because we come from places like the UK or the Willamette Valley in Portland or the Bay Area, you know, we we want to impose this idea of hey, where's all the like screaming green lushness and giant obnoxious beautiful flowers? We sort of want to impose that on this landscape. And it reminds me of how sometimes I feel like somebody's trying to impose that kind of value on my landscape, my personal landscape. So how long should perimenopause last? And how much of a psycho should you be during it? I've just read several books about this, listening to some podcasts as well. And the conclusion is no one has any idea. You might not have perimenopause at all that you can notice. Or it might completely drive you nuts. For I'm going on like 11 years of this nonsense. Ah! And what if that's fine? You know, I don't have to look like the Willamette Valley. What if this is the, the Central Oregon version? So nature shows us how to accept uh, difference. And, and yet we're still all rolling the wheel. We're turning the wheel down the road the seasons are spinning some of you are in areas where the seasons aren't very noticeable so you have to work a little harder if you're near near to the equator or if you're in a you know really mild marine climate um, you have to work harder to notice the differences and to say to yourself look wow the wheel is spinning the year is turning this is exciting business and, you know, of course, if you're up north and you're freezing your butt off <laughs> and you get a late spring and then, boom, a, you know, insanely hot summer, you're going to know which season you're in. Go further north still, though, and it gets weirder. So wherever you are on the globe, uh, I hope you're enjoying this time of transition, which is what springtime is. We are coming right up upon the equinox and the new moon in Aries. And these are happening. Um, oh, I'm not going to look it up, you guys. Honestly, it's within like an 18 hour period, I think, that those two things happen at the same time this week, early this week. And this is a very important hinge in the wheel of the year, this spring or vernal equinox. And the fact that it's happening right alongside this new moon in Aries, and the new moon in Aries is at zero degrees of Aries. Uh, so if you aren't an astrology person, we'll just explain really quickly that the astrological, Western astrological year begins with Aries. And that's like, let's get going, energy. That's what the equinox is, is the moment the sun moves into Aries. And we celebrate this like halfway point between the shortest day of the year and the longest day of the year. And we acknowledge that springtime is here or springing or about to sprinkle, sprinkle. And so this is like the, you know, it's like the Roman, one of the Roman calendars, pagan calendars, begins at that time and might be represented by eggs and bunnies, you know. And if you're in the zero degree mark, 
of Aries is the very, very, very beginning of Aries. And Aries is the very, very, very beginning of the zodiac, like the signs of the zodiac, like Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, etc. And so if you have a new moon on that point, and yes, of course, there's a bunch of other planetary stuff happening. I will spare you the details. But basically, wow, this is a kind of triple punch towards boom, boom, boom. Do you want to start something new? If you do, or maybe even if you don't, that's where this energy is taking us. Bam! And your springtime might not look like somebody else's, right? <laughs> your springtime newness, cardinal initiating, boom, fire, Aries energy. Yours might look like some cold wind on some scruffy rabbit brush under a gray sky like I got in front of me right now. Or yours might look like immediately carpets of green grass, giant magenta flowers. In either case, this energy really gives us the opportunity to, uh, it can be, it can be a little uncomfortable. It can, that kind of energy can be like, ooh, I sat on a tack. <laughs> and I, it made me sit up and stand up and get moving, Right. But it also hurt my butt. Uh, so it could feel like that. But I think what we're more likely to feel is a nice um, organic sensation of, I want to move. So probably those of you who are immediately manifesting the, the nice flowers and grasses, you've already been kind of working towards this new-ish thing. And now you get this complimentary energy telling you to go giving you enough energy to go. If you have a, um, you know, a little bit of a wound up nervous system, so certain chronic illness patients like myself um, and people with anxiety issues and certain mental health conditions, you might find at this time that, that, that a zap of energy is difficult for you to work with. So you might feel it less like, hey, this feels great. I'm going for a jog. You know what? I'm going to start a new um, fitness program for myself. So you might feel that. Uh, conversely, if you tend to be a little sensitive, easily overwhelmed, etc., you might feel it as, oh my God, there's fire in my veins and I can't deal with this and I'm going back to bed. I, of all people, am not going to tell you that that's the wrong way to channel this energy. It's just good to know ahead of time. Like, you might be feeling the zippy-zappy jolts. And they can be really good. Um, if you're not able to kind of physically act on them right now, uh, you, it may be that this new moon and this new equinox give you enough new energy to internally start a process. Like I mentioned earlier, out here in central Oregon, there's like little tiny leaves. There's stuff going on inside these plants and under the soil. And certainly inside the trees. I can feel that when I get close to a tree. Um, it's just not manifesting, you know, to everybody else yet. So your, yours might look like that. It might be something subtle that you're carrying on a very internal level, but it's new and it's powerful 
And when it's ready to blossom in a, in a showy way, it'll just do that on its own time. So there you go. New energy is coming our way. I hope you find that exciting. And now we're going to draw our card. Ha! Well, I paused the recording for a second. I watched three geese low on the horizon with one other goose following them. I love Canada geese. And when they're out and about, and that's another way of saying, hey, it's spring. The girls' soccer game, or what do they play this time of year? Something outdoors, whatever game let out. And a whole bunch of cars came to this end of the park, apparently seeking a restroom. And I pulled a card. And it kind of cracked me up, given what we've just been talking about. My dear friends, my sweetie darlings of the Burning Tarot world, we have drawn the Wheel of Fortune. This is quite a card. I feel like we've, we've definitely drawn it within the last six months. And here it is again. So we're using the um, RWS, or Smith Rider Weight deck today. And the Wheel of Fortune is shown uh, in its most kind of um, Kabbalistic form on this particular way of depicting the wheel. And I don't go in for a lot of that. I did for a while. That was a long time ago. And I moved on from that. But it's still a wheel. And it's still a wheel of life and a wheel of seasons. And it is turning. In this depiction, Pixie, Pamela Coleman-Smith, she has painted it kind of on the back of this flying demon creature, this red creature. And she would have to come up with this image at the behest of Arthur Waite. Um, and then on top of the wheel is sitting a sphinx holding a sword. Um... There is a serpent alongside, and then the four corners of the card hold, um, you know, the angel, the eagle, the griffin, the ox, but it's a flying ox, as you might see in other decks. And they're among the clouds, and each of them is reading in this version. And there's some you know, particular occulty woo-woo stuff. Less woo, more occult, that I don't really appreciate about this version of the Wheel of Fortune. And I don't like how um, there's there are creatures, like, on the wheel, holding the wheel. Because to me, that makes it seem like they're in charge of the wheel. Or they might be keeping the wheel from turning freely. So that's just my personal feelings about this depiction and you know all of the, the <laughs> whatever cultural appropriation <laughs> by the white dudes in in northern Europe and America and the UK of all the um, Middle Eastern Egyptian Jewish imagery you know you always got to kind of wonder about that um, but whatever it's still the wheel so what we're asking the card today is, um, because it's a special week with the equinox, uh, 
on the podcast, we're usually just asking the cards, hey, man, what should we think about this week? And this time, it's like, okay, it's pretty specific. We're entering this time of newness. We're thinking about newness, the wheel of the year, the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. And like, how can we respond to that? And the cards are like, mm-hmm, wheel of fortune. So that's hilarious. That's the cards telling us what is new is new for itself and unto itself. That's the cards telling us you can't volunteer to get off the ride. You're on the ride. This is like a Ferris wheel. And you're but it moves pretty fast for a Ferris wheel. So maybe it's one of those like totally crazy county fair rides that are like whirling around fast. Um, it's good to pay attention to it, definitely. Or we wouldn't have our attention drawn to it by the astrological and the seasonal and the cards all at once going wheel, 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 beginning, beginning, beginning. So this is kind of fun. Um... When the Wheel of Fortune comes up, we know that fate is really playing a role. So this is a major arcana card. And if you're familiar with the Tarot, the major arcana, also known as the Trumps. Yeah, I'm not going to be using that word a whole lot. Um, These are the biggies, right? Numbers 0 through 21. So it's in most decks, it's a 22 card section. And whenever you pull one of the majors, you got to pay extra attention. They get extra weight. They are, um, they're bigger. They're more powerful. They demand more of your attention. And this is just a particularly amusing one. It's um, card number 10. Uh, which also, that so numerologically, that also speaks to new beginnings. A 10 represents the end of a cycle. A 1 through 10 cycle mini cycle maybe but if you break it down numerologically 10 is 1 plus 0 which equals 1 so 10 is the ripening is the end of the year and it's also got already within it the one numeral one beginning something new right so it, it this is all working out great Uh, I think in the last podcast, we talked about that there might be some um, shedding or putting away or letting go of things in the last couple weeks, in the last couple podcasts. And it wasn't necessarily that we were going to have to go through some elaborate ritual to rid ourselves of things. Although, hey, that's certainly one way to do it. Um so this this completely is going in line with all of that. So we are still probably shedding an old skin and needing to make room for this newness. You know, the plants can't grow if we're not going to let the snow melt away, right? So the snow may need to melt. <clears throat> A dead plant in your planter, you might need to help it out, rip it up, tear it out, put it in the compost so you can plant something new in there. There may be some of that vibe. Um, 
And you may not have to get rid of anything. There may just be a natural sense of maturity. Something has reached its 10 point, its maturity, its pinnacle. It's done. You don't need it to do that thing anymore because it did that thing. So now it's going to either have to do something new for you or maybe you're going to ignore it and turn the other way and look at the new. Wheel of Fortune says that uh, fate is playing a role with us right now. One could argue fate is always playing a role and we're, we're playing a role in fate. Like that's, that's always happening. But for, for this card to come up, the cards want us to notice that. Notice the hand of fate. I would even say roll with the hand of fate. If, if you're usually resisting the hand of fate because you're trying to fight to make something happen from your will, you're like, this is the stuff that should happen. I'm going to make it happen. Uh, some of this like Aries newness energy can be great for that. Aries is like ruled by Mars, the war god. He's just like, yeah, get out of my freaking way. I've got this army with me. We're going to get it done. Well, sometimes fate is kind of rolling in a different direction and is saying, pay attention to me. Look to the little messages that I'm sending you. Um, sometimes I used to say that the universe was throwing bricks at my head. Like that's what it would take for me to actually listen to my real intuition, the deep woo, the apparent gods and goddesses telling me what the fuck to do. And I, you know, sometimes I'm a little Taurus. I get, you know, I stick in my lane. I get stuck doing my little things. And so sometimes I'm just not open enough. To be open to new messages, newness, new ideas, a whole new project, a new approach to an old project. I just, you know, I'm already doing my thing. Maybe because I just have always done it this way. And maybe because I've got that fighting Mars spirit in me and I'm, I'm leading my men into battle. And if I get them all killed, I don't even care. What matters is my will, and me getting things done my way. So a lot of us can fall into that trap and then we sort of miss what fate is trying to hand us or the gentle nudges that it's sometimes offering. This card usually comes up when the nudges are going to get a little less gentle. Resistance is not necessarily a great idea for this. Uh, If you have the capacity to flow with new things coming in, Accept it if um, some pet project you were working on explodes. Okay, maybe just put it aside for a couple weeks. Maybe that's the easiest thing to do. Maybe that's the right thing to do. And let's just see what the Wheel of Fortune has in store. Because fate is reaching out for us this week. So this is very powerful business. Um, If you are... If you're aiming to practice ritual or magic around these ideas, I would say anything that allows you to connect fire with earth, that doesn't have to be literal fire, um, but that fiery feeling of newness and uh, this Aries feeling of a whole new year beginning. It's a fun thing to work with. So the literal way to do it is actually to plant. 
depends on where you are and what your growing season is like and whether you garden or you do house plants or something. It's a good time to plant a seed or transplant um, some starts and let them get going. And you can do that metaphorically as well with a creative project, an artistic project, could be a work project. Um, And for some of us, that's going to be, you know, where quote unquote work might be more involved with um, helping our families, doing caregiving um, or political activism. We have a lot of activists who listen to this podcast so any of those realms is fine, but looking for ways to, to ground can be very nice. Using fire or the image of fire uh, to transform or kind of get rid of some of the underbrush, some of the dead things that we're done with, and we'd like to clear out some space. Fire energy is the most immediately transformative of the four elements. You know, you can watch it burn in front of you. And if you want to use actual fire, you know, whatever. Call the four elements, uh, write something down on a piece of paper, burn that sucker. I mean, that's like the, it's kind of the classic easy, easy ritual right there. What else can we do with this energy? Um, I think uh, having fun with it is a good idea. If you get that zap of Aries energy and it's positive for you, It doesn't make you feel like you want to spend the whole week in bed. Um, You know, enjoy your body. That energy is going to course through your body. So get active. Dance. Um, Travel. Move. I didn't mean like move house, although you could. But, you know, move move the body. Take a hike. Um, And then while you're doing all this stuff, you know, be trying to leave enough space and silence that you can hear messages coming in. We don't really know what the fates have in store for us. So some of the fated messages may be subtle. Some of them may be big. You know, if a fault opens up in the middle of your property and an earthquake starts, that's a pretty clear message. Get out. Run. (laughs) You're done with that location. Um, but some of the other messages that we can get during times like this might be more like, okay, I really have to remember to open my mail. I have to reach out to somebody that I haven't reached out to in a long time. Because some of these people, like maybe there's a, a piece of mail or email that has a potential new collaboration in it. Or maybe that person you haven't reached out to in a long time is really missing you right now. And maybe they're the person that's going to have an opportunity for you soon. We don't know when we have these um, Wheel of Fortune and highly fated moments. We don't know what form the fate is going to take. So it's nice if we, um, if we just pay attention and try to, try to leave some, uh, some mental and emotional space open for receiving and processing messages in whatever form they might take. For some of you, that might be an intuitive or woo-woo message. You'll be walking and a bird will land on your foot and you'll suddenly know that it's time for you to start this new business. Great time to pay attention 
to all that good craziness. So I'm excited about this reading, sitting here in my crinkly coat in the strange gray day with its wind. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been nice chatting with y'all. I've really been enjoying the personal readings I've been giving this week. Um, you guys are pulling very interesting cards. If you want to get a reading with me, um, you can go to the website, tiffanyleebrown.com. And there's a link there that says shop. You can get an astrological reading, tarot reading. You can buy these as gifts for people. Uh, for those of you who are local to me and know me personally, uh, you can skip that store and send me an email. And I have a special deal that's available to you guys right now. That'll be one of those kind of cash-only, in-person kind of deals. So burningtarot at gmail.com is the address for that, or for if you just want to say hi. Uh, yeah, <laughs> much love to you all. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot inside a car. <laughs>